This is the Fly Convention Podcast. Here are your hosts, Daniel Kananen and Adam McCarlson. Oh, the Fly Convention Podcast is back. My name is Daniel Kananen and I am the Fly Convention Podcast, or Cook Podcast. The Fly Convention Coordinator. Not off to a good start. And who are you, buddy? Uh, I am Adam McCarlson, the National Youth Director for AFLC Youth Ministries. We're so glad that you're taking the time to listen no matter where you are. And maybe you're in the van driving the family somewhere for Thanksgiving. It is that time of year, Thanksgiving. Or maybe you're waiting in the airport. Or, you know, on the plane. Maybe you downloaded the episode, which you can do. Yes. And you can listen on the plane. And you are jamming to the music right now. And the guy next to you in the seat is like, well, actually, they don't even care what you're thinking or what you're doing on the plane. Or maybe you're already preparing the food for Thanksgiving, getting ready. As we think about Thanksgiving, and maybe you're listening to this podcast after Thanksgiving. Maybe it's a good, like, post-Thanksgiving podcast. I'm not sure. We're your official post-Thanksgiving podcast. Maybe not. As I, I'm getting hungry, Adam. <laughs> Me too. I'm thinking this is that ridiculous. same thing. What, Adam? What is your yes. go-to Thanksgiving food? Okay, I'm gonna maybe make people mad. I don't really like Thanksgiving foods that much. My favorite part about Thanksgiving is after the Thanksgiving meal, making soup. I like to uh, take all the bones and make my own turkey stock. And I like making soup with it. So taking the leftover turkey and adding noodles and vegetables and all sorts of things. That's my favorite part. That's my favorite meal that comes out because of things. You guys, I wish you could see Daniel. Maybe we need to do a video podcast at some point here. You, you said I think I, I maybe just lost a friend. People mad. It's not that I'm mad. I just okay. So another good Thanksgiving question that we ask a lot of times is, you know, what's better, Thanksgiving dinner or is it thanks <laughs> post Thanksgiving? And you had me. I was like, I'm good. You know, I like Thanksgiving food, but I almost like the Thanksgiving leftovers. When you can just take it, slap it on your plate, throw it in the microwave, and just yep. it turns into mush. It's kind of like a soup, almost. Yeah, almost. <laughs> it's, 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 we make soups so, very okay. differently, Daniel. <laughs> so part, what is your go-to food? that? What's the part in the soup that must be there? In the soup? Yeah. Well, I mean, actually, my favorite turkey? part is the veggies. No, the turkey isn't actually my favorite part. It's like the, the carrots, the... Uh, celery that are cooked. You put like stuffing in your soup? I don't put stuffing in my soup. It's like a mush. No, I basically just use the bones. Like a porridge. And the turkey is like the only part from the meal that I use. Do you use the bone to like a bone spoon to sip your soup? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just a normal spoon. I just use a normal spoon. (laughs) You should whittle yourself like a bone spoon or something like this. Actually, some of the bones on a turkey are big enough where it would not be difficult to make a spoon. Um, My go-to, thanks for asking that you you did ask. What's your favorite, Daniel? Yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, it's mashed potatoes. It has to be mashed potatoes. And not only, I like my mashed potatoes a little chunky. I yeah. like to have a little chunk. Then I know they're authentic. I like them too that not way. Not from box. And okay, I'm sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. Adam apologized for making you mad. I'm going to offend you. If you take a beating <laughs> machine to your potatoes and you use that whip thing and it's an electronic and you're not slaving away at mashing them, you are in the wrong and you should turn off this podcast, <laughs> repent of your sin. Go to Amazon and find a potato <laughs> masher. So that, oh, my, my wife hates that I that that's the way I like I actually do those too. They have a little texture to them. Yes! When it's too smooth, I don't like that no, texture. No, it's just like, yep. get a straw. No, sorry. They got to have a little texture to them. Hand mash them. So now my wife is smart. She's smart. She's like, 
she was like, hey, can you come mash? I'm like, yep, no problem. And I'm like, this is hard work, but it's so worth it. It is so worth it. So anyway, glad that you're tuning in on this Thanksgiving week, 2023. Wow. So glad that you're listening to the Fly Convention Podcast. Um, one thing that I'm thinking of specifically with Thanksgiving, Daniel, um, is what's, um, what's the things that you guys focus on? You know, we have these kind of holidays and what's an emphasis for us. And this is maybe kind of a no brainer, but specifically with Thanksgiving, is there uh, something you like to do either at church or in your family, uh, just to bring, uh, focus to what you're doing uh, from a spiritual standpoint? Uh, it's not something that I do. I'm going to borrow this idea, steal it from, it's not even, I'm not going to borrow that. Let me just tell you what one family in our church does. They take a pumpkin. And they write on the pumpkin with a sharpie just all the things that they're, thanks, they're mm. thankful for. And it, I think it lasts all year, honestly, or for the month of November, whatever, just to remind themselves of what God has done and the things to be thankful for. Because it's easy to forget, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe that's something for, for you as youth leaders, something that we used to do in our youth group is one year we took, uh, I went to the store to Hobby Lobby and I just got a bunch of construction paper. And that night we cut up turkeys. And then I said on your week, I cut out a bunch of feathers and I said, write in these feathers, the things that you're thankful for. And we, we took some time in the youth room and we had art class. And then we stuck those turkeys on the wall. And some of those turkeys, actually we stuck them on a pole that was in the middle of our room. And we, and they stayed up there for many, many months. Yeah. And it was kind of like, well, when the turkey falls is when the turkey falls. But anyhow, just being thankful, and that's a good reminder to all of us. What is something that you're doing in your youth group to give thanks uh, and be practical about it? I really love that, Daniel. It reminds me of um, in the Old Testament when the Israelites were just coming into the promised land. Uh, one of the things that God told them to do was to make these altars. He put up uh, these piles of stones that would be there. And that well, someday when your kids ask you, what is that pile of stones there for? You could recount what God had done. And <laughs> I think this is, I love that idea of the turkeys and the pumpkin just to help you remember all the ways that God has worked. In fact, when we moved the turkeys from the pole, I put one in my office. Everything in that turkey fell down except for two feathers and some duct tape that was on there. And they stood on, they were on my wall for the long, I mean, years did mm-hmm. these feathers stay on there. Uh, we recently tore down the wall because we're expanding the youth room. But anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> they were there for years. So that it's just my tip for you is, is think about Thanksgiving. But Thanksgiving is not the only Holiday coming up here. No, um, you know, everyone always jumps ahead to Christmas, but actually one of my favorite holidays of the year, especially the church calendars. Flag day. <laughs> it's not flag day, oh, dude, Is Advent. Um, I love the season of Advent. And um, just that reminder to think through um, what it is to uh, to wait for the Lord to come, to wait for our Savior. Um, you know, in I think it's a really good practice for us too, because uh, we don't even have to try to put ourselves in the shoes of like the Israelites who are waiting for the promised Savior to come. Now he's already come; he's died. He's his his blood has washed away our sin. As we have faith in him, that we have this promise of eternal life. But we too are waiting for him as well. We're waiting for Jesus not to come as a baby, but we're waiting for him to to come back to make all things new, uh, to, to restore all of creation, to restore us and everything. And so I think this is a, a great time, a great season of the year that you could practice waiting for the Lord to come, waiting for him to come. And we do it in the context, like I mentioned, of Advent. Uh, I know a lot of churches will do Advent services um, often midweek, you know, or they'll get together as a, as a congregation. Um, I always loved using that as an opportunity for um, all of our, our whole church to be together and incorporating our young children and our teenagers with our adults and different things like that. Um, I know some churches um, use that as a special time just for their youth group uh, to be together as well. So there's a lot you can do with it, but uh, thinking through how can we be looking forward to Jesus coming? Now you asked me, what am I, some 
my Thanksgiving fam- traditions that we have in my family. So I didn't ask you that about your Thanksgiving in your family. Mm-hmm. How about for you, Adam? Advent. Are there things that your family, you and your wife and your children, or maybe your church family, th- th- any traditions that you have with Advent coming up? I mean, you talked about, re- you know, remembering Christ, but what is something that you enjoy, something that you do that maybe could be helpful to somebody that's listening? Like, oh, yeah, I hadn't thought about doing something like that, but that could be good. Yes. I always, honestly, I always feel like a failure because I'm really bad at being consistent with some of these practices, that kind of just spiritual reminders or practices that you do. So um, don't look to me as the, the prime example of how to do okay. all of this perfectly. Looking, uh, but, the Black Adventure Podcast is looking for a new host. Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but one of the things that we, we really do like to use is using an advent calendar. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and so we've used a variety of them over the years. Like we've, had some really fun ones. Like we'd had a Lego oh, uh, yeah, advent yeah, yeah. calendar. You know, each day you can open up um, a new a new tab and see that thing. And then we always tie that to, um, as part of our family devotional time, to, to connect that to something spiritual. Other times we've had uh, advent calendars that are blatantly Christian. You know, it's a, it's a verse that you'll remember and um, something in the calendar, sometimes it's a little flap that the kids can, uh, our youngest kids can um, open up to see a different thing as Jesus um, waiting for Jesus to be coming. So I think that can just be a helpful way, um, something for anticipation and whatnot, and encourage you to find something along those lines too. On this podcast, we're going to be listening from Jen Holt. Uh, she's going to be talking about loneliness and relationships. And as we think about Thanksgiving and Advent, this sometimes can be a very difficult year for many people, right? Just the lack of, of a relationship and a loss of a loved one. And it can get really lonely at this time of year. So for a lot of us, it's really joyful. For a lot of us, it's really difficult. Uh, but Jen's going to be talking about loneliness and relationships. And before we get to that interview, though, uh, just to take a minute here, a question for you, Adam. What are some th- things that you fill your time with that pull you away from what you should be doing? What distracts mm-hmm. you? Um, uh, I think sometimes my phone can be a distraction to me. And sometimes it's not even bad things, but it's things like um, emails from work or from school. I'm a seminary student. So um, sometimes I'll get pulled away and think that those are so important that I should be working on that, those things instead of doing something that I really need to be caring for as my family. Um, you know, after supper, as the kids are getting ready for bed, instead of spending time with them, I'll think, oh yeah, I could uh, quickly work more on my Hebrew vocabulary on my, this app that I have, or maybe I'll just check work email in case something came through. Um, so sometimes those technological things and even it can even be good things, but it can pull me and distract me from doing what I really need to be doing at the time. Yeah. How about you, Daniel? Yeah. Uh, this is a very generic answer, but hang with me. It's self. Self is actually the thing that I fill my time with and not, Mm like the, the desire that I need, similar to you, I need to get this done. I need to do this. And I kind of pull myself into a situation where like, oh, I got I to gotta deal with this uh, project, this email, like you said, um, different things, or just I want to take care of myself so much that I'm going to neglect what needs to get done, taking time with my wife and my children. Um, th- I mean, there's more, more that I could share, but that's the first thing that comes to my mind is I just, uh, one of the things that fill my time with itself, it's just being selfish and to remind myself, hey, no, it's, you know, I need a relationship. And sometimes people who are selfish tend to be more lonely. They, I think so too. And um, I, I think I struggle with this. I'm naturally kind of introverted. You know, I kind of recharge by being alone um, sometimes, but I think I can sometimes use that as an excuse to avoid uh, pursuing relationships with other people, getting friends and caring about them. Sounds so. like we need to listen to this interview, you yeah, and no I. So without any further ado, let's go to Jen Holt. The following interview was recorded live at the 2023 Fly Convention. Hello, this is Zofia. I am here with Jen Holt. 
Jen, can you please just tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, where you're from? Sure. Thanks, Sophia. I feel kind of funny, like I'm on this like old-timey radio <laughs> program. Thanks, Sophia. Let me tell you yeah. about my new product. Um, no, so let's see here. Um, I am blessed to be married to my sweetheart, Jason Holt, and uh, we have five awesome kids, Caleb, Susanna, Phoebe, Magdalena, and Micah. And um, we have three awesome, um, well, two awesome son-in-laws and one awesome daughter-in-law and a fantastic little grandson that we're having just an absolute blast with. Awesome. Super cool. Um, we live in Plymouth, Minnesota. Moved okay. there. Gosh, I did it. Soda. Minnesota. <laughs> uh, we you live- can tell them you're Minnesotan. <laughs> no, I was trying not to. Um, we moved to Plymouth actually just in the last six months from okay. St. Michael, okay. so not very far of a move. We still go to the same church, uh, Living Hope in Rogers. And let's see, as far as what do I do, um, in addition to getting to love on my family and get to enjoy hanging out with them, um, I am a homeschool tutor, so I work at a homeschool co-op teaching um, class, small to large classrooms in like high school uh, science and literature. Awesome. So I understand you are speaking about loneliness and relationships during uh, your elective tomorrow. Can you kind of just give us a preview of what that's going to look like? Sure. Um, it's always interesting when somebody asks you to speak about loneliness because usually they only speak ask you to speak about things that you know well. Yeah. <laughs> like how did they know? So um, yeah, uh, I am a serial lonely person. <laughs> I have never been one of those people who always feel super popular and in on things but the more I read the more I find I'm even the people who appear that way have those those lonely times or those uh, insecurities as well Mm -hmm. so um this has been such a blessing to me to be asked Mm because even though I was a little intimidated and a little saddened that it was that obvious that I felt loneliness (laughs) um at the same time I was like okay, well, now I get to dig into this. And you yeah. would not believe how many books there are, um, especially recently published before and after COVID, addressing this. Um, and looking just at ones from uh, from a Christian perspective, not even getting into everything else out yeah. there. Uh, one crazy, um, there's tons of crazy stats. One crazy reality is that in 2018, the United Kingdom appointed a minister of loneliness. Oh, and wow. um I share about that in uh, in my session, but the idea that we, in, in our governments, we have ministers of all these different areas, minister of education, minister of um, economics, minister of defense, yeah. and they decided five years ago, we need to have a minister of loneliness because this is becoming this huge problem. And once something gets to the point where you have a government agency assigned to it, that means it's been a problem for a really long time. So there's a lot of people who are feeling this. Um, we are uh, people that we know, even if they don't say it or they don't show it. Yeah. Um, and so the, I guess the goal um, for this is to really understand a little bit of the problem. I think we know the problem in our hearts, so we don't have to spend much time on that. Um, to look at the reality of what God's desire for us is, the fact that he lives in relationship himself yeah. as the Trinity and then also um, that he desires relationship with us. And that's yeah. how it was meant to be. Yes. Um, and then, you know, what are some practical ways? I need practical ways. I need things that I yes. can write down on paper. Yes. <laughs> right? I feel you. I, I love the practicalness. Yes, for sure. You think about all the stuff that we've been taught and, you know, 
uh, I can be taught to crochet or to do ceramics or to do car repair. I'm picking things with C's, but I haven't been, <laughs> I haven't been taught how to build community really. Yeah. I mean, so, um, I'm learning along, alongside of the stuff that I'm sharing sure. in the session. Yeah. So why, what, what if I like to be lonely? What if I just mm. want to be lonely? Do I, is that okay? Do I need relationships? That is an awesome question because um, I would say there is definite benefit to being alone. We'll talk a little bit about solitude and how solitude okay. is a chosen mm-hmm. uh, loneliness or even just an accepted uh, aloneness. I shouldn't say loneliness, but sure. an accepted aloneness that God can use to redeem and transform um, as he did biblically with many different people. Um, but as far as do we need relationships, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that God uh, not only created us to have relationship with him, but to have relationship with others. And so when he said in Genesis, it's not good for man to be alone. Yeah. And I like to think about how he made Adam to um, have all these animals around. And I love animals. I'm like, that would have been perfect. Yeah. That sounds like an <laughs> awesome situation. But Just get some pets and then right? Right, but apparently that wasn't enough. Yeah. Um, he needed to have people, and yeah. so there's there's different instances throughout Scripture. You think of Old Testament, everything was the family or the community, the country of Israel. Yeah. Um, and even, oh, I thought this is really cool, in the New Testament, most of the time that the word you is used, it's used uh, as a group you, which in the United okay. States, we don't have that as much, but for anybody who's taken foreign languages, there's the singular you and there's the plural you. And in both Hebrew and uh, Greek, it's the it's the plural you, you or the y'all, yeah. if you want to think of it as a Southern thing. <laughs> yeah. so, I love that. And yeah. I, yeah, I agree. We're definitely built for community. We need community. Um, why are people lonelier now than ever even though technology makes it easier to connect than ever yeah it's crazy isn't it um i think if you had asked me that question what 30 years ago or so if you were to say oh you know we're going to have all of these capabilities do you think it's going to make community easier i think i would have said absolutely you know oh that'll be great because i mean in theory it seems like it would Mm mm-hmm um, but it turns out that, for one thing, a lot of those connections are surface level. Yeah. For another, um, it's crazy how those those uh, those likes and, mm-hmm. and stuff, that is surface level, yeah. even though it feels like I'm contributing to this person's um, positive view of themselves. Yes. But it is giving them a temporary dopamine hit in their mm-hmm. brain that is this quick little bit of pleasure, and then I want more of it. Where am I going to get it? In the same place I got it from before. And I'm not, I'm investing so much time in that. Yeah. And I'll be honest, here and in, in the workshop, I struggle. I struggle with uh, substituting, um, for me, it's not even social media. It's probably, it's just like uh, app games. You know, yeah. Because I can succeed at it, sort of. <laughs> I can, um, uh, I can feel comfortable. I don't feel challenged by anyone. I don't have to, I don't have to take chances or if I do take chances, nobody's going to see if I failed except for probably whoever made the app and I don't think they care. (laughs) Right. So, um, yeah, so we ended up investing so much time. There was a stat about the number of times that we, that iPhone users, and I'm sure this is true for 
um, Android, because I'm an Android user. Yeah. My apologies <laughs> to, to you uh, Apple users out there. But that we, we touch our phones at least 2,600 times a day. And you figure out the number of hours, which, by the way, you can find out on your phone yeah. how much time you spend. But they make it kind of hard to find it out. Um, and you can only look at it a week at a time. You can't look at past, at least on my phone. Yeah. I thought it was kind of crazy. But we think of the things that we could be doing. I have thought I don't have time to invest in relationships. It yeah. takes a long time to take a relationship yeah. from acquaintance level yeah. to uh, a, a friend to a close friend. Yeah. But we're not taking the time to do it. So, And I say we. <laughs> it's not, yeah. it's yes. not just other people. Oh, I, it's I me. I agree. Yeah. So just in closing here, Jen, do you, we were talking about just, it's just, we both love just practicality earlier. How do you, what is just a practical way to build community and to build relationships how do we even get started doing that if you don't have that already yeah um i would say the first thing is that you'll need to get used to inviting and initiating and be okay with people saying no um this this time that i've spent learning and researching and preparing to teach this has been so important for me i've grown in my relationship with the lord and i've grown in my confidence in the fact that it is his good will for us to have relationship with him and with others so um so taking these chances mm-hmm. while they're hard they're much better than the hardness of being lonely so as far as what can you practically do one get ready to initiate um and not feel bad if people say no hey, just try someone else yeah. uh two is look at the people that are around you um that proximity of uh of, of people you are near, whether it's at work, at school, uh, at the gym, in theater, whatever your realms are, start looking at who do I interact with regularly and then start thinking through who are people I would be comfortable maybe asking, do you want to ride to this together? That was my big risk uh, to a week ago. Yeah. And it worked. <laughs> yes. Although I will tell you this, I asked three people to ride with me and one person was able to make it, not because the okay. other people hated yeah. on me or anything that I know of. No, I'm just kidding. They didn't. <laughs> they were. They had other things going on. But it was really, it was encouraging. Yeah. And then in these small movements, we're getting to spend more time with people and kind of logging those hours that it takes to grow, yeah. uh, to grow a deep friendship. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for sharing, Jen. Yeah, I'm looking you. forward to uh, listening to your elective tomorrow. So thank you very much. Thanks so much, Sylvia. Take care. Thank you, Jen Holt, for coming on and um, just doing this interview. Excited for people to listen to your elective. Um, I loved it when you you kind of chuckled and you mentioned the the C's. You're using C's, but I thought it was so effective. You you mentioned, um, or Jen mentioned, that uh, we teach people to crochet, to do ceramics, or to do car repair, but we don't teach people how to build community. And um, I was really, I thought that was really effective and just a good reminder that, you know, we, we think it should come naturally to us, um, but it doesn't always. And we need to teach people. I need to learn what it means to be good at building community. Community is so important. And when my wife and I moved to, the, to where we live now so many years ago, that was something we needed. We knew we needed community. We needed to not just... Uh, be crocheters, work in ceramics or car repairs, none of which we're good at. We knew we needed a community. And so that was very important to us. And, and that's what we built. And I think the reason why is because we understood without that fellowship, without that camaraderie, there's another C word for you, Jen, uh, you know, without <laughs> that, 
we can tend to almost find security in loneliness. Mm-hmm. Community is difficult. It can be messy. It can be hard. It can be, you know, like, I don't want to spend time with people, you know. Um, but it takes work, but the work pays off and it is worth it to build community because it's in community where you can have people that invest and pour into you. Um, if you just stay in loneliness, you're going to, you're going to have all this time to just start believing things about yourself that aren't true. Mm-hmm. And to, to allow, we talked about anxiety a couple episodes ago, you know, to become anxious and then you're going to cut yourself off from those relationships. So community is so important. Jen talked about how important that I that is, and I believe in that, and and something that it, as you listen, you have community for our youth leaders. You know, as a youth leader, it, it's important to build community. If you don't have community, when you have great community in your youth group and in your church, it sets up the stage well. It, it, you trust me, it, it's just going to set things up much better. I'd rather spend time in community. Then try to get through a lesson or try to get through some kind of point. But if the, when there's community, when we have that relationship, the points, the lessons become richer. Yeah, I mean, that's a constant uh, theme that we hear from youth workers as well, um, especially those who have gone through a season where they kind of went al- along, maybe thought they were alone, thought they could try to do all of this by themselves, but they kind of finally get to a point where they recognized they need others to come alongside them. Um, you know, it's it's reasons like that. That's why like something like the Youth Worker Weekends exists, why the AFLC Youth Ministries puts on this event, uh, a time for leaders, youth leaders to come together. Uh, and if you to haven't registered community. for Youth Worker Weekends, Weekends, you can still, do so you can. by going to aflc.org youth ministries. That's right. Aflc.org slash youth. You can find out more information on registration there. Um, but it's it's such an important need we have. Um, I mean, I remember being a youth worker for the first time, and it was just these few guys that I could reach out and call to. Daniel, you were one of them. I remember going through an issue, and I was like, I have a few, a few Jason Holt, uh, Jordan Langness, Dan, uh, Daniel Kanan here were all guys that I knew I had my back that I could reach out to, that I could have that community with. And uh, it's just an important thing for youth workers as they are doing ministry with teens. So hopefully as you're listening to this podcast, you're like, you know what? I need community. I don't want to be alone. I I want to build in relationships. That's the key. That's what God said is the most important thing, the relationship we have with him that he provided and then our relationship with others. So I hope that you have enjoyed this episode with Jen Holt. And again, you can go listen to her full elective uh, by going to our website, uh, flyconvention.org, or you can go to the AFLC Youth Ministries app and you can listen to it. But if you're a person that just likes the rhythm of these podcasts, next week you'll hear the elective from Jen Holt and you can listen to it wherever you might be as we post Thanksgiving getting into December. So again, thank you, Jen Holt, for doing that, taking time for that. Next time on the podcast, we're going to be hearing from Pam Olson, and she's going to be talking about our value. So what a great, another great follow-up, isn't it, Adam, from, from loneliness and relationship to value. It really is. It really is. So hope that you take time uh, to tune in with us for the next Fly Convention podcast. Until then, know that we are praying for you. The Fly Committee prays for you as we prepare for 2025. I hope that you find encouragement during this holiday season, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Know that we are praying. I said that already, but we are praying. That, that proves that we're praying. said it multiple times. Until next time, God bless you. This has been a production of the Fly Convention.